Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The following segment is from Monday, Football Monday, on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Um, Let's go ahead and start our tight end conversation, Pete. And before we get to would-be free agents, uh, we can kind of talk about a a sort of de facto free agent as, as it stands. Late Sunday evening, um, you know, peek behind the curtain. I'd already gotten the daily recorded, so that's, you know, my bad here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it was reported by NFL Network's Mike Silver. I saved it, actually, because I knew we were talking about tight ends. The multiple teams have called the Philadelphia Eagles about trading for tight end Zach Ertz. Now, I would argue we're going to talk about about five free agent tight ends. I would argue that Zach Ertz is a better option than maybe four of them, maybe five. Uh, I don't know how you feel. Um, Silver said a deal could happen in the coming days. Obviously, free agency is getting closer. Philadelphia can save just under $5 million against their salary cap by moving him away from there. Now, something important to note, Pete, is that Zach Ertz technically has three years left on his contract. However, 2022 and 23 are both void years, which means they are dummy years, which means they don't exactly count. Uh, So this is effectively a one-year deal for whoever is trading for him. In my mind, they would have to either be a Zach Ertz away or they value the 2023 compensatory pick that they could get if and when he leaves in free agency next year. And I think it also says a lot of what the Eagles think about Dallas Goddard and everything he can do. Right. But Zach Ertz, to me, in his own right. So there's simply a tier one, and we know the, the three names there. And then the, you get to this tier two. And to Who me, are your three names? Kelsey, Kittle, and, and Dar- Darren Waller. And then I think when you get to tier two, there's like a high tier two and there's a low tier two. And for me, like Ertz is in that high tier two and the tight ends we're about to discuss. So a few tight end needy teams out there are, are more of a low tier two. So if I need a tight end right now, I think I'm considering making this trade. Now, of course, you're not going to trade your entire future for Zach Ertz. But if you need an athletic tight end to be on par with some of these other teams, as I just mentioned, what was the Raiders, the Chiefs and the 49ers, maybe maybe go and do this deal. Right. I don't think that Zach Ertz is going to command all too much because of the situation he's in contractually. I mean, I don't, nobody's given up more than a third round pick for him. Right. Because, and, and probably not even that because of the compensatory pick you know, situation that it's going to follow. This was not a great season for Zach Ertz. Only played 11 games, 335 yards, one touchdown. A lot of that due to the quarterback, um, to the Derek Carr point. In 2019, 18, and 17, he was relatively fantastic. If you go back to Zach Ertz and what they can call breakup day when your team doesn't make the playoffs and they have these final interviews, Ertz Mm. was essentially in tears knowing that he probably has played his last game as a Philadelphia Eagle. And, you know, part of that team that, was won the Super Bowl. Philadelphia has really loved Ertz, but you just 
you can't see this working out. And so I, I think the writing is on the wall here. I'm eager to see where he goes. I think Chicago is an easy layup of a connection. I've actually made that layup myself um, for a few reasons. One, if Nick Foles stays, obviously, you know, whatever. Um, two, Julie Ertz um, is fantastic in her own right as an athlete, but she plays for the NWSL team in Chicago, just like J.J. Watt's wife. Yeah, I think it needs to be a team with a lot of cap space because, as you mentioned, you know that he, they're going to have to carve that out. And right now, there's a lot of teams in the league that maybe could use a tight end but simply cannot uh, afford to um, go and, and spend that money. And so I look at the teams with the top amount of cap space and Jaguars come to mind. I know efforts there and the the Jets as well. I, I just I think you can always use what is another target, even what could be the New England Patriots. My last question here before we move on. Would it be cool or lame if the Indianapolis Colts got him? <laughs> well, my thing is, I will really like Mo Alley Cox and I can't understand why he doesn't <laughs> play more in Indianapolis. And so I wouldn't like that. But I, I think, you know, you make that Carson Wentz connection. I think you can put what would be the duo proverbial chip on both of their shoulders. And it would certainly be an interesting storyline. And so uh, I would take it. But I mean, now Mo Alley, who I love again, that big bodied tight end who has shown he can catch just will continue to get buried on that depth chart. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.